Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Wow. It is so great to be here this morning and be able to stand in front of you and and bring the good news. We do serve a God who is a chain breaker. Amen. That's amazing. Somebody needs to testify. We we all need to testify because we all have a, a story where God saved us, where He's broken chains for us. Um, this morning I want to talk about being an example. Being an example. And we're all examples, whether we want to be or not. People are watching us. They see us. Um, they see. They hear what we say. They they see the way that we conduct ourselves. We're all examples. The scripture I'm going to read in a moment. Sometimes we just think that it's for young people because it talks about youth. And I'm here to tell you that this morning we're all here. We're all youth. When you think of the grand scheme of things, when you compare our age to eternity, we're all pretty young. So this scripture applies to all of us. Um, you ever heard someone say, do as I say, not as I do? Do as I say, not as I do. Sounds pretty good, but it really, that doesn't work a whole lot. People watch what we do. Again, in teaching, when we can get all of our senses involved, some people really hear something and learn really well. Some people need to see it. And seeing a good model uh, of something happening, some people learn pretty well that way. But nothing replaces doing something. I can tell you all day long how to, oh gosh, I can't think of anything I can do. But I can tell you all day long how to do something. But until you put your hands on it and you do it, you don't understand it. But once you do that, then you comprehend, comprehend it. And people can see that you can do it, and it helps them. It helps them. Again, do as I say, not as I do, does not work a whole lot. We've got to show an example. We've got to be an example. I don't know if you know it, but we live in a world that's lost. We live in a world that needs some positive influence. And we can tell people all day how they need to change. But until they see the change in us, until they see how we're supposed, how we're living the way we're supposed to live, they don't really understand it. You know, some folks that you meet today, when you leave here, you may be the only Bible they read all week. You may be the only you may be the only picture of Christ they see. The only encouraging words they hear. 
we have a big responsibility. I'm going to read from 1 Timothy 4.12, just one verse this morning. And again, don't let the word youth fool you. You all are young. Let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for allowing us to be here this morning. Lord, thank you for your presence here. Lord, thank you for this scripture, Lord. I pray that uh, as we listen as we listen to our lesson this morning, Lord, we, we apply this to our lives, Lord. Help us be your example. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, Charlie Bogan talked to you about being faithful. Told a story about a camel. Y'all remember that? I don't think I'd ever heard that story before, but it was great. How, when you let things creep into your life, pretty soon, it's kind of who you are. They kind of take over. They, they, they take up the tent. Um, but being faithful, being faithful, sometimes we get tired, don't we? Be, being faithful, we get tired, but we're all called to be good examples. A few months ago, I did a, a series on... Our perfect example. I don't know if y'all remember that. I don't remember how many sermons it was in a row, but uh, Jesus Christ is our perfect example. And uh, we need to live our lives each day to be more like him. Now, I can be an example too, but I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. You can't put your faith in me. Now, I can show you who... You should put your faith into, but if you put your faith in me, I will disappoint you eventually. But when we put our faith in Christ, in his perfect example, we're never disappointed. But we still need to be examples. We still need to be examples for other believers and for non-believers. We need to be examples. The Greek word that's used here means a pattern. In other words, people should see us and see a pattern to be a Christian. They should see how a Christian should carry themselves in conduct and speech, in love and faith and in purity. When they see us, that's what they should see. So who should be an example? Think about it. Who should be an example? One thing is preachers, pastors, Ministers of the gospel should be examples. Shepherds of the flock, not just pastors, but other people who teach and have the opportunity to, to, to share their testimony should be examples. Not examples of themselves, but examples of Jesus Christ. The perfect example. You see, when people see us, they should be able to see the love of Jesus Christ in our lives. They should see a model of a Christian. But you know what? Again, we're not perfect. Sometimes we fail. But our goal should be a model of a perfect Christian every week, every day. It's hard to do. 
Is anybody in here perfect? I, I don't. I see some people. Somebody, some people are pretty close. Anyway, but again, faithful Christians should be an example. We should be an example. All of us who call ourselves Christians should be an example for the rest of the world. And again, people are watching us. People know what we do. People hear what we say. And if we're not walking the walk, they, they, they realize that. And they look at us and say, you're just like any other Christian. You're hypocrites, right? So if we're not walking what we are saying, if, if those two things don't line up, we're not being a, a good model for the Christian faith. But how do we model? Everybody's not going to stand behind the pulpit and preach a sermon. I think most of you could. And John's done it a few times. But everybody's not called to do this. But everybody who's a Christian is called to speak the name of the Lord. To direct people how to become a Christian. To show people and let people hear what it means to be a Christian. You see, Paul, when he's talking about speech, is talking about personal conversations. He's talking about what we say. We've got to be careful in what we say. It's hard to take words back. Matter of fact, it's impossible to take words back. When we speak, we need to make sure the speech that we use is positive and uplifting. Again, sometimes we say things we shouldn't say. Have you ever done that? I think I have. I think now I wish I could just undo that. Unfortunately, we can't. So be careful in our speech. Make everything we do to build people up. Even when we're correcting people. There's a way to correct people. There's a way to, people, to, to show people that they may be going down the wrong path without condemning them. Our speech is very important. Our speech is very, very important. As a teacher, my speech is very important, and sometimes it's not great. But sometimes, I don't know if you all know it, but when you're in a classroom full of kids, sometimes they don't act exactly like they're supposed to. Did you all know that? Yeah, sometimes it's not what you see on TV. And sometimes the way you address certain behaviors speaks loudly. First of the school year, every year I, I pray over my roles. And I pray that I don't raise my voice all year. My goal is to never raise my voice. That usually lasts for a day or two. And then I pray again not to raise my voice. Tell you a little story how important it is. There was a time when I was teaching middle school that sometimes, I don't know if y'all know this, but sometimes middle school young ladies have an attitude. Have y'all ever noticed that? 
Have y'all ever been that? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But sometimes they do. And I can handle about anything. I've been called names, but a foot stomp and an eye roll, I don't handle real well. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want to. When you stomp your feet and roll your eyes, I'm like, that, 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 that doesn't work real well. And, but there's still a way. I've got to be careful how I, how I handle that. And one day in class, one day in class, I handled it wrong in front of everybody. Young lady did something, and I said something to her. She stomped her feet, rolled her eyes, and I got mad. And I said something very loud for everybody to hear. And I felt bad about it. But what I noticed is we got kids going through things that we can't imagine at young ages. We've got kids, if you were here Tuesday night before last, you heard some stories about we've got kids in some bad situations. You don't know what anybody's going through. What you say to those people and how you say it means a whole lot. But I went to apologize to the young lady. Actually, I did it the next morning because I, I, I got home and I'm like, man, I shouldn't have done that. That's not the way I should have handled it. So I apologized to her. She says, it's not a big deal. I said, well, I want to apologize to you in front of the whole class. I said, because I embarrassed you in front of the whole class. She said, you really don't have to. I said, no, I feel like I do. She said, well, you can if you want to, but you apologize. She said, you're fine. She said, what you said to me is not anything that I don't hear every day of my life. And I go back and I look at her situation. I'm thinking, you know what? I had an opportunity to be a good example to her, and I, I, I ruined it. She accepted my apology, and even though she didn't want me to, I still apologized for the whole class because I acted like a jerk. It happens sometimes. Be careful how you handle it. Sometimes people are mean to you. I'm telling you, you never win by fighting back when somebody's mean to you. It don't happen. When, when you're arguing with somebody, I don't care how loud you get and how great a point you make, if you're rude, they remember you being rude. They don't remember you being right. Okay? We've got to watch our speech. We've got to watch our conduct. We've got to watch the way we treat people. You see, conduct is very important. The way we carry ourselves. People are watching us. They know what we say, and if our conduct does not back up the positive things we say in our lives, they notice it. You see, our conduct should be a way of life. Sometimes the words that I'm going to use make us sound weak, but really sometimes it's strength. When I use the word meekness, I don't mean that in a weak way. I mean it in a strong way. We're not to boast. We're to be meek. We're, we're to be wise. We're to show wisdom. In every situation, we need to be thinking, how would Jesus handle this? How would Jesus handle this situation? How did he handle the situation when he was walking on the earth? What were the first words that came out of his mouth when he was being crucified? Father, forgive them. That's the meekness. That's the wisdom that we need to be following. We should be holy. We should be reverent. We should have a purpose. For every word that comes out of our mouth, for everything we do, there should be a purpose. You see, our conduct's important for believers, but it's also important for non-believers. 
There's people that want to pick Christians apart. Our conduct needs to match our words. If we tell people that we love them, we need to show them that we love them. You see, because we need to be an example of love. Every one of us need to be an example of love. And the word love comes from, uh, the Greek language actually has four words for love, but here it's talking about the agape love, brotherly love, affection, goodwill, love, benevolence. Man, we are blessed to be in a very benevolent church. We love helping people. We need to be showing that every day. Again, we live in a hurting world. There's kids out there hurting right now. There's adults out there in bad situations right now. We need to be showing the love and grace of Jesus Christ to everybody we meet, not just through our words, but through our conduct, through our actions. You see, agape means active goodwill. It's a verb. When we say we love somebody, it's action. You can't teach somebody love by speaking hate. It can't be done. You can't show an example of hate while you're trying to teach love. It's like trying to feed somebody and throw it up at the same time. That's a good example. That'll stick with you. But you can't do it. We're called to show love. We're called to act in a loving way. We're called to feed the hungry. Take care of the orphans and the widows. We're also called to love each other. And we're also called to love our enemies. It's pretty hard right there. See, as Christians, we should exemplify the example of love. And when we think about how hard it is sometimes to love some people who may have wronged us, think about Jesus on the cross. Think about his forgiveness. Think about why he was on the cross. Think about what put him on the cross. Think about why... We needed a perfect sacrifice is because of our sin. So when it gets hard to pray for people, when it gets hard to love people, think about how Jesus loves you. See, we also need to be an example in faith. An example in faith. Our faith needs to be strong and confident. We don't need to be shaken. Sometimes it's hard to be faithful. Again, we get tired. We get tired. It's hard to do things when we're tired. But our faith in Christ can't be shaken. You see, this faith refers to belief. Belief and fidelity. Belief, putting faith in, 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 in God means that, hey, I'm going to... Strive to live like Jesus Christ every day. And to do that, we have to sacrifice some things. To be faithful, we've got to give some things up that are not good for us. It's hard to be faithful. It's hard to be faithful when you're letting that camel's nose in the tent. It's hard to be faithful when you let things creep into your life that are not good for you. 
Maybe something that we watch on TV. Maybe something that we hear. Maybe things that we listen to. But when we let those things into our life, pretty sure they're going to take over our tent. You see, we should be strong. I told you that when I was talking about meekness, it does not mean weakness. To be meek means to be strong. To be strong in our faith. We, pos- we should possess a strong belief in God. And we should display character and faithfulness that can only come from Him. When we're faithful, we experience peace. Sometimes we do get tired. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we get tired. But when we're faithful, we have a peace that can only come from God. You see, without faith, we'll never experience that peace. Peace, joy, those things are eternal. Those things come from God. And to receive them in our lives, we have to put our faith in in Him. We also need to be an example of purity. Again, our lives are the only lives... Our lives are the only example of a Christian some people will see. If we say we're a Christian, we stand for these things, and we're doing what the rest of the world's doing, sometimes sometimes the picture's not real pure. You see, we need to strive to live a life that's Christ-like. We need to be moral people. Purity. Purity. Again, that means that we can't let things creep in our lives that don't belong there. If we want to be like Christ, we need to be taking what the Word says and applying to our lives, not what we hear everywhere else. The more things we let in our life, the less pure we become. Our hearts should be pure. I don't know if y'all have noticed it either, but I've got a pretty positive outlook on life. You ever noticed that? I like to encourage. I like to see the good in people. And I can see some pure hearts as I look out. I, I look in your eyes and you think, well, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I can see some of the things you do. I see how you love each other. I see how you... Put Christ first in your life. Man, we're blessed to be here with each other. I see the good in the kids that I teach. I see the good in in kids that even sometimes when they may not be acting like they're supposed to. Again, we live in a hurting world that we need to show the love of Jesus Christ to everybody we meet. You see, we need to call, if we want a pure heart, we need to call on the Lord. We need to call on Him for our salvation, but we also need to call on Him for our sanctification. Sometimes as a church, sometimes as evangelists, sometimes in, in the Christian world, we, we think about salvation, which is the ultimate goal. Don't get me wrong, it's the most precious gift we can ever be given. 
But once someone accepts Christ, sometimes we forget about them. When you accept Christ, your Lord and Savior, yeah, your salvation is secure, but I'm telling you, eternity is a long time. Again, when we look at eternity, we look at our age versus eternity, we're all youth. We all still need to be growing. Sanctification lasts a lifetime. Once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our goal every day is to be more and more like Him, which means to be holy, which means to be sanctified. John 10.10 10 says, The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give him life give it to him, and give it more abundantly. Scripture means a whole lot to me, just like all Scripture does, but it speaks to me because I was in youth ministry a long time before I realized what it meant. That abundant life. We need to be living. That abundant life, that sanctification, needs to last us a lifetime. Who in here thinks they've reached their goal spiritually? Oh, I thought I had my hand up there. No, we need to grow every day. We need to be examples. I want to remind you how we should be examples. We should be examples with our speech. We should be examples with our conduct. We should be examples with our love. We should be examples with our faith. And we should be examples with our purity. What kind of people, what kind of church, what kind of world would we be in if everybody strive to have an example of each one of these in their life every day. If we followed the perfect example of Jesus Christ, what kind of world would we live in? I want to ask that question again. What kind of church, what kind of people, what kind of world would we be living in if everyone followed the perfect example of Jesus Christ? And I pray that question right there motivates you. To examine your life and live out the example of Jesus Christ. This morning, if there's anyone here who hasn't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that when I talk about being more like Him every day, that it doesn't really speak to you because you don't really know who He is. If there's anyone here, anyone listening online that don't have that relationship, I pray this morning that you come to that loving, knowing relationship that secures your salvation. For those of us who's been on the journey for a while and and sometimes we forget that we are an example and we have not been doing a good job with our speech, our conduct, our love, our faith, or our purity, that we fall on our knees and we ask for forgiveness. And we start being the example that Christ called us to be. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for for this wonderful church, Lord. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ as our perfect example. Lord, I pray for everyone here, everyone who may be listening online, Lord, that they, they put Christ first in their life, Lord. They follow his example. And in turn, are an example with their speech, their conduct, 
their love, their faith, and their purity, Lord. Again, we can't do this without you. Lord, we need to rely on that relationship with you, Lord. Keep us strong, keep us faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.